Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'm the most important element of the show. And with me as always is a lesser light by the name of Tony Kerr. I'd argue Crick Info is the most important part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Then me, then you. Crick Viz, Wasp. Yeah, Wasp uh, is up there. <laughs> wasp is definitely up there. The rev ometer or whatever it is. We've got all these things going on in the studio, you can't always see them. It's like a, labora- a cricket laboratory. <laughs> How's it going this week, Tone? It's good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, I'm very well. I'm excited for another episode. <laughs> this is episode 303, or is it? Didn't we do this already? Yeah, it's uh, we're just going over the same ground. I'm less tired, I'm sort of perkier than that. Uh, yeah, and we've, we've sort of done away with the, the Facebook Live experiment for now. Right. Back, we put that back in the box. <laughs> yeah, because we did... Listeners may have noticed that we, that we skipped an episode two weeks ago, uh, and we did a Facebook Live instead, which we called episode 303, but I thought it might look a bit weird if we went from episode 302 to 304 on the feed, so... You know, we I think I think we can all just forget about that Facebook Live. Is it best forgotten? No, I think it was all right. It's just I was close to falling asleep. I was quite pleased with it, right but then. as soon as you, when you watched it back, just saw saw what you looked like, <laughs> you were like, "Yeah, we're never doing another one of those." Yeah. No, we, I think we should return to that at some point, but that's with a bit more warning. <laughs> Do my hair. Well, it was your idea? It was. Yeah, it was sort of. We just pulled something out of the bag, really. Mm. To keep the, the plates spinning. Well, no, I think yeah, probably best for the time being just to continue in this uh, in this medium, which we have very much made our own, haven't we? Really? <laughs> but we're just effortlessly comfortable in this medium. What are we talking about then? Cricket, I think mainly. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, we did. Uh, you know, we did do a, we did a Facebook live last time, as we say, because uh, we just totally ran out of time to get an episode. Up, you know, the, it was the the night before the first test started, and we had about an hour to go. And uh, there's no way I would have been able to edit it and, and get it up before. I was listening to a podcast the other day, Tone, where someone asked them a question about their editing process, like how the podcast gets edited. You know, what happens after they record before it goes online? And they were saying like, there's two hosts, and they're saying they each listen to it, make suggestions for edits, and then it goes to their editor who does a full edit then it goes to a second editor who does another edit it goes to a third person who like makes notes suggests further edits it goes back to the two hosts who each listen and suggest any improvements that can be made and then finally it goes back to the original editor who touches it all up and puts it online and I was just listening to that thinking like compared to my kind of flustered <laughs> dash to, to get it turned around and just fling it onto the internet I just thought you know I think we need to increase our budget. Your editing is like, yeah, the sort of doing the homework, you know, <laughs> as the lesson's starting, yeah, when you're... Uh, is that podcast one that's, like, particularly high production value? Well, obviously it is high yeah. production value in some regards, but is it sort of a periodic thing? Is it, no, I mean, is it, it is, as regular? It's good. Yeah, it's, it's weekly. And it wow, is, okay. It's, so it's double the amount. Yeah, double the amount of work. But I, did, I was astonished by that. But yeah, my, as you say, mine is How very How do the hosts like, find time to listen back to the podcast, the weekly podcast they do, twice before it goes out? I mean, you've never listened <laughs> to one episode of time. the World Cricket Show. I do not have time. Which is lucky, actually, because like the only editing that I do is just to cut out all of your <laughs> best jokes. Yeah. Occasionally I run out of time and some of them slip through. But mostly it's just, yeah, get rid of all of Tony's gags to make myself feel better and otherwise just stick it online. Yeah. Um, I only need to listen to it once, and that's when it's happening. <laughs> and sometimes not even then. Exactly. I mean, you've got yeah. your laptop open there, 
just uh, doing a bit of online shopping. Yeah, just looking at the source code for the uh, the new Crick Info website. <laughs> just seeing what they've done with it. You're very excited about this new yeah. Crick Info website. I'm really excited. When I turned up here, you, I mean, op- it- you opened the door and went, have you seen the new Crick Info website? <laughs> uh, no, they've given it a nice, uh, a nice facelift. I mean, it's mostly advert now. There's like one massive advert at the top. Mm. Uh, you've, they've got the sort of scores, the latest scores at the very top, then the sort of nav bar, then there's an enormous advert, so it just looks mostly like an advert at the moment. But it looks nice, promising. Yeah. Looking forward to trying the app. I said that you were excited about the new Crick Face site when I arrived. Uh, it's not actually true, it was, it was your girlfriend who greeted me, your girlfriend is here just in the other room at the moment while we record this, trying to... Banished. Try, try, trying not to uh, get too involved in, in the cricket chat. But yeah, I just heard it as 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 I was setting up in here. <laughs> I heard from the other room her say to you, "I'm going to watch Love Island without you." Is that all right? I've got quite into it. <laughs> I have to say, well, because it's an hour a day that I can spend just faffing on my phone. Spend it with my girlfriend. She can watch that, and I can just faff my phone. Which <laughs> just which... reading Love Island exactly, reviews yeah, and rumours, just following the tweets. <laughs> it's a captivating series. It really yeah. is. Tony Kerr, five years ago, if I'd told him that one day, you know, I'd find him sipping a latte, flicking between Love Island and the OC, I don't think he'd have been happy. No. I'll have to go back and explain it to him at some point. <laughs> Break his little heart. Yeah. Anyway... Well, we should probably talk some cricket. We're not talking about Love Island tonight, we are talking about cricket, and yeah, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, because uh, since we did that Facebook Live... There have been two test matches. We've got two test matches to discuss tonight, plus a couple of other bits and bobs as well, including the breaking news that there's going to be two new test nations, <laughs> uh, which isn't really breaking news at all, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. So yeah, plenty to get on with. Should we get cracking? Yeah. All right, well, yeah, as you may have spotted, Tone, England have played a couple of test matches over the past two weeks. South Africa are in town. The first test was at Lord's. Uh, and England ended up winning fairly comfortably. They batted first and made 458, uh, thanks largely to Joe Root with a big 100, 190. Uh, South Africa, in response, were then bowled out for 361. Moeen Ali taking four wickets. Uh, England then were bowled out for just 233, uh, with Alistair Cook making a half century. And he thought South Africa were in the game. Uh, the target was over 300, but you know they, they, they would have felt they were coming back into the game, but they were bowled out. For just 119, Moeen Ali with another six wickets uh, to give England a big victory by 211 runs. So yeah, England would have been feeling pretty confident after that first test. We moved on to Trent Bridge uh, for the second game uh, and South Africa roared back into the series. They made 335 batting first. Jimmy Anderson took five wickets, uh, but half centuries from Hashim Amla and Quinton de Kock and Vernon Philander um, and that was a, a decent first innings total, but England would have still been feeling pretty good. But then they were bowled out for just 205 wickets for Philander and Mornay Morkel and Chris Morris and Kishab Maharaj. Um, and that South Africa had a big lead. They extended that massively. They declared on 343 for nine to set England an, an impossible target of close to 500. And they folded meekly to be 133 all out to give South Africa an enormous win by 340 runs. So after all of that, it's one all. What a roller coaster of emotions, Tane. I mean, if we if we had recorded an episode last week, we'd have been full of beans. Uh, but as it is, a week later, we're devastated and we're absolutely shattered. Can you make some sense of this for me? What's 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 going on from an England perspective? Should we be horrified by the the scale of the defeat at Trent Bridge? Should we should we be as horrified as as some people seem to be? Is there a bit more going on than that? What what do you reckon? What's your verdict? The verdict. Uh, <laughs> the verdict with Tony Kerr. Yeah, I mean, yeah, quite some turnaround. Uh, yeah, over the course of those those couple of weeks. I mean, it was pretty damn poor from England uh, in the second test. So you know, I, I sort of understand the reaction. You know, there, there, as we discussed, I think before the series, lots of question marks. Some of those question marks still exist. Well, it's only two tests, I suppose. So you know. But, you know, question marks still existing, new ones sprouting up. But, on the other hand, I think there was a somewhat of a slight overreaction, perhaps about the, the record as a whole and, and Bayliss's record, you know, as, you know, going back maybe a year, the defeats, or the defeats in India, 
the series of Pakistan. Yeah, I, I think England's record looks worse, perhaps, than it than it is. Mm. I mean, it is it is as bad as it looks, I suppose. It's, <laughs> it's literally, but as we've said before, or I, as I've said before, I think you know the India series perhaps looks worse than England than it was for England, and that's coloured the you know that, that does colour the stuff when people say, well, you know, England have have lost whatever it was eight of the last thirteen or. Whatever yeah, the well, the, the record is six defeats in the last eight and eight in the last 13. But yeah, of those last eight tests, uh, six of them were on the subcontinent. So uh, five of the six defeats were on the subcontinent. That, you don't like get a free pass on the subcontinent, but it is, you know, it's, as you say, it's, it's, it's skewed a bit. It's, it's a bit lopsided maybe because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the reaction that we're talking about, you know, the, the quite sort of strong reaction is, you know, people like Michael Vaughan saying that, England players don't respect Test cricket and that kind of thing, and I I think you're right. Like I think that kind of thing is is definitely over the top. There has been an overreaction in that sense. Yeah, firstly that record looks a little bit worse, as you say, than maybe it is. But also, you know, like South Africa are a good team, and yeah, all right. There's no getting away from the size of the defeat at Trembridge, but well, it is it's it's in the top ten of England's heaviest ever defeats by runs, like excluding innings defeats. And it was, as you say, a, a pretty dismal performance in the second innings in particular. But yeah, South Africa are a good team. Heavy losses do happen sometimes against good teams in Test cricket. It's happened to England a few times over the last couple of years. Like I'd be wary of saying too much, really, on this episode because England have made a real habit of bouncing back from heavy defeats. You know, if you think back to the Ashes two years ago, we had an almost identical first couple of tests in that series where England won the first test well and then got hammered in the second. And we were saying, oh, well, this is, you know, back to reality now. We were talking about Australia potentially winning that series 4-1. And actually England turned it around when the next two tests won the series, 8 for 15 and all that. I mean, that in itself is a problem. They can't sort of establish any kind of consistency. And they, you know, they keep swinging from terrible performances to really good ones and, and back. But I don't think that this performance on its own necessarily means that they're going to produce another performance like it next time. And it doesn't have to be a kind of era-defining Schofield report type moment but all that being said I don't know I, I think there was an overreaction but that doesn't mean that there, that some kind of reaction wasn't justified and yes the record is a little bit skewed by what happened in India but nonetheless they have lost a lot of test matches recently and while on the one hand you could say well the record looks worse than it is you could also say that this England team has been made out to be better than it is. Because if you actually go down the team and you look at people like Ben Stokes, who obviously has a huge amount of hype, and rightly so to some extent, but he's averaging 30 with the bat in Test cricket and the best part of 40 with the ball. And he has these kind of dazzling one-off performances, but he's not necessarily stringing it together. And in that second innings, you know, a lot of those players just didn't seem to have the, the equipment to play the kind of innings that was needed. So what I'm trying to say is that it's partly because of what's happened in limited overs cricket, but it's, the England team has been massively talked up. This England team has been massively talked up. Are they actually delivering on that in test cricket? If you look at their record over the last couple of years since the win in South Africa, you'd have to say they're not. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, to, to say the, this England team, they don't respect test cricket is, mm. is a bit silly, isn't it? You know, Alistair Cook, Joe Root, Ali, Broad, and you know that like, ludicrously ex- well experienced and successful Test cricketers. So, uh, and to say, yeah, the other the other players in there, I don't think disrespect Test cricket. It is interesting. Perhaps there is an influence of the you know from this sort of gung ho, limited overs stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe England are a touch overrated. Although you know after. The the first test, you know, people were saying it is just like one of the weakest South African teams ever. You know, Bob Willis was saying, yeah, you know, an extremely weak South African team, possibly the weakest ever that's you know that's come to England. You know, it looks a bit harsh now, but you know, you got two tests here, wildly different results. You know, predict the third test if you can, because you know we'll be almost certainly everyone's tune will be different after the third and fourth. Well, this is it, and that's why I do want to be a bit careful because there's every chance that. England will, you know, will will turn in a great performance next time and 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 win and win well and then you know anything we say now can be used in evidence <laughs> uh, at a later date. So I I don't want to go too overboard, but there is just there's a bit of a pattern emerging. And yes, 
what happened in India, there's a little asterisk there. But at the same time, you know, they, they, they didn't perform as well in India as other England teams have recently. Yeah, I think it's definitely a mediocre test team and no more than that. And the way that some of those players have been talked about, you might think that it would be more than that. And mainly in the batting. The big problems are in the batting. They've only passed 300 four times in the last 18 innings, which is, that's more than just a blip, isn't it? And and the top order is at the root of that. And going like back beyond those 18 innings, you know, even going back to the Ashes two years ago, we kept talking about England being 30 for three all the time. And that hasn't changed. And if anything, they're 30 for three more often now <laughs> than they were even then. You know, the, the top three in the first heat test, Cook, Jennings, Balance, not many runs to speak of between them so far. All right, Cook, Cook's had a couple of decent innings, but particularly Jennings and Balance are really struggling. They've announced the squad today for the third test. They've made some changes. They really had to make changes. Well, they literally had to make changes because Gary Balance has, has injured his finger. But you would have thought they were going to make that change anyway. Tom Wesley has been called up from Essex. I mean, it must be the end of the road for Balance, surely. He's... he's this is his third go now, and he's every time he's just looked out of his depth, really. Again, as soon as he's up against good bowlers, he looks out of his depth. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, you don't want to write people off, do you? But what's he got? 85 runs in his four innings. You know, it's, it's not enough, particularly after the, the nature of that defeat. Is it, you know, it, it's fortunate for the, the uh, selectors that that decision was taken out of their hands. So, yeah, a bit of a shame, but... Well, it's not enough, especially when he, he's, he's already, he's also yeah, he's already dropped had. during the winter because he couldn't score a run. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's tough. And then, you know, you've got Jennings, who's made 44 runs in his four innings with a high score of 33. So he needs to, he needs to do something quickly. Well, I think he deserves a bit longer just because he hasn't had those previous two years. Yeah. We don't have as, you know, he hasn't been given as much of a chance as balance. And he did score 100 on his test debut, albeit he was dropped on naught. But I think he deserves a bit of a longer run, but maybe he should be taken away from the top of the order. Like I, I had thought it might be better for him to bat at four, but it looks like he's going to continue um, opening, at least for the time being. But you do just worry, he does seem to have an, a pretty kind of glaring technical weakness. If you look at that second innings dismissal when he was bowled through the gate, you know, you just worry when you've seen that the likes of Sam Robson and Adam Lyth and you know the, these guys that have been called up from county cricket to open the batting over the last few years and have all been exposed as having a real kind of one real weakness in their game and you, you just worry that maybe the same is true of Jennings but he definitely deserves a bit longer I think but yeah he's struggling balance has obviously struggled there have been basically no runs at all from the lower order I think that, I think this was the lowest match aggregate for England's uh, seventh wicket and below since about 1930, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling that stat out of the air, but I think it's it's around that. They're, yeah. So the, the the lower order batting is not contributing at all, and then you've got the problem that there are batsmen light, and as we talked about on our Facebook live, the balance of this team is all wrong. And I'm not just talking about Gary. Too many bowlers, not enough batsmen. That's just a self-inflicted problem. Is that I don't know why they've gone in uh, with six bowlers. The Liam Dawson selection didn't make any sense to me before the series. And it doesn't make any sense to me now, to be honest. I, I, I don't really know what he's bringing to the table. So, yeah, I don't think the selectors have been particularly impressive lately. But as I say, they have made changes. And that's quite announced today. Tom Wesley, David Milan has also been called up. No place for Mark Stoneman, who's scoring a lot of runs uh, for Surrey. There was a suggestion that he might be called up to open with Cook and Jennings would drop into the middle order. But Trevor Bayliss said that he's never seen Stoneman bat. Which does seem like, I mean, that doesn't seem that difficult <laughs> to go and watch Surrey. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Twitter was smouldering uh, this lunchtime when the, the squad was announced. Stoneman's name was there and thereabouts. Yeah, it, was, it was all over. Was it, well, but not, not, but not happy. Yeah, but not a lot of squad. people calling yeah. for Stoneman, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you talk about the selectors, you know... Uh, Hussein really slayed them after that after the second test and when you, when you actually look back at the players who have made their debut this decade mm. so few I mean there's almost no one has made a lasting impact at all I mean uh, obviously Joe Root uh, who? Mo <laughs> who? Uh, Moeen but you go past that I think let's have a look uh, 
just to do a bit of counting. I actually, I actually did this uh, this bit of research as well, Tane. Well, I like to do my research live. <laughs> uh, I like it's to not like, prepare. Yeah, it's more like it's like when the chef does the cooking in front of you. Right. You see all the work. At, you know, you see that the sweat. <laughs> And my yeah. laptop is getting quite hot. So I'm more of a, you know, like a a, a long, well-thought-out Christmas dinner, whereas yours is more like a flambe or something. Yeah, you know? like, or like a crepe Suzette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just the, the just the real finishing touch. <laughs> so you get all the plaudits. <laughs> yeah, the showman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, by my rough calculations and Wikipedia, 31 players have made their test debut for England this decade. Okay. Uh, I won't ask you to name all of them. Wikipedia, another one to add to the list of the most important elements of the show. Yeah, yeah. it's probably leaps above me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you look at it, you know, Root, obviously, yeah, Moeen, Stokes. Uh, but, you know, as you said, you know, Stokes, you know, inconsistent at the moment. But past that, you know, there's no one. I mean, there are other players who are in the team, but no one who's made a lasting, yeah. you know, who's, who's, you, you would say is a lock at the moment. Yeah, I should say, by the way, I'm not like suggesting that Stokes should be dropped or anything. Like, he's yeah, obviously that's what I heard. well worth his place in the team, but it's just he flatters to deceive a little bit. I'm not sure. He's, he's not actually lived up to the hype as yet. He may well do, but not quite at the moment. But yeah, no, I completely agree. I did do this research as well, and what I was going to say is that Jonathan Trott in 2009, you know, making his debut in 2009, is the last batsman, aside from Joe Root, who's actually come into the England team, and been a success. Johnny Bairstow to an extent, but he's only really nailed down his place when he took the gloves. If you're talking about just an out-and-out batsman, Root is the only one this decade. All, like, all of England's runs this decade have been scored by Cook and Trot and Bell and Peterson to begin with. Um, you know, guys that made their debut a long time ago. It's not happened for anyone apart from Joe Root since then. And, and that is quite worrying, isn't it? And, and, and you... And if you try to work out why is that the case, you do wonder whether there is a kind of wider issue with county cricket and whether it's properly preparing batsmen for test cricket. I mean, I don't want to... I mean, so I just uh, it should be said as well, you, you, go, you go back to the, the 2000s and there are still lots of players who came and went yes, know, and didn't figure. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose you, look, you are looking for... You're looking for it would only take one or two, but mm. those one or two haven't, haven't appeared. No, you're right. I mean, and like obviously, when England were really not doing very well was in the '90s, and and you know, obviously there were so many batsmen who who came and went, you know, called up from county cricket, given one or two tests, went back to county cricket. So it's not necessarily like an unprecedented thing. But then, of course, at the end of the '90s, lots of changes were made to county cricket, like two divisions and and central contracts came in, and you know, so you wonder whether something needs to change now to to give batsmen a a better chance of stepping up. I mean, I don't, I don't want to overreact because next week Keaton Jennings might go and score 100, England win comfortably, and as people have pointed out, it's never like it's never down to county cricket when England do well. It's only down to county cricket when England do badly. And so, like, there's a big element of that. But, as I say, we have not seen in recent years many, if any, batsmen come into the team and make a success of it. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence. I think there has to be a question about what kind of impact T20 is having on, on batsman's technique, techniques and that's obviously the case around the world but whether there's something particularly going on in England and, and the new emphasis that's being placed in England on white ball cricket whether it's affecting their concentration you know as I say that it just didn't look like any of those batsmen especially once Alistair Cook was out but it didn't look like any batsman in the England team had the capability to play the kind of innings that was needed in the second innings at Trent Bridge and alright England were going to lose that game they, you know, they had two days to bat they needed 500 runs they were going to lose but they could have at least yeah you want someone to drop anchor and just yeah. and make the South Africans have to out. work yeah. for it like grind the bowlers into the dust a bit like make them bowl 140 overs uh, whereas they actually just fell in a heap for 130 and it, it was pretty depressing and, and it just didn't look like anyone was able to play that kind of inning so yeah, I, th- I think it's worth at least asking the question and, and how you change that, I don't know necessarily, but the fact that the county championship is being kind of squeezed into two, you know, ever more squeezed into just a couple of windows at the beginning of the season and the end of the season when the ball kind of hoops around and stuff, I don't know, like maybe that's a part of it. They're not, having to, they're not coming up against a great deal of spin. Not that that was the issue in this game, but that was the issue on the subcontinent. 
I don't know. I, I think I think as I say, I think it is at least worth talking about that. We haven't talked about South Africa, and for all of England's problems at Trent Bridge, that was an excellent performance from South Africa. They bounced back really well after after what was a very poor display at Lords. Fafdi Plessis coming back in to captain the side. How how important was that for you? Yeah, it was big, and you know, and he and he, he scored runs, didn't he? He got uh, yeah, it was an, an important knock in the the second innings, uh, and he yeah, he just he he's got experience. He he exudes a sort of confidence that must be very very encouraging on the pitch. So yeah, that's very good for them. And you know, you've got to like the look of you know, Philander was uh, was perhaps carrying a little bit of an injury, but bowled really really well. Morris as well, Morkel. Maharaj did, did decently in the first innings so they, you know I think as, as a bowling attack they look pretty good Philander's been amazing and, and actually not just with the ball yeah uh, he's he's taken eight wickets at an average of 18 but he's also the third highest run scorer in the series with an average above 50 and yeah Ben Stokes would, would kill for those kind of numbers at the moment you're a big Philander fan aren't you and always yeah. have been he's a class act isn't he yeah I said this on the Facebook live like he's in some ways like the forgotten man of international cricket because he really only plays the forgotten bowler, I should say, because he really only plays Test cricket at this point, always seems to be underrated. But you know what a handful, particularly against left-handers, and England's England's left-handers have, have really struggled to come up with answers. Um, they won this game, of course, South Africa without Kakiza Rabada, who was who was banned for for swearing at Ben Stokes, or well, not not just for that. He got you know that was the, that was the last straw, wasn't it? He got too many points on his license. But yeah, he'll he'll be coming back for the third test. So they really they should get stronger from here. Hashim Amla returning to the Oval, where he scored a triple century last time. As we've been saying, it's quite hard to predict how things are going to go, and it, it could be that suddenly England will put in a really good display. But you know, there, there's definitely reasons for England fans to be concerned. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, it, it is all up to England's batsmen to to change the series, isn't it? Uh, you know, South Africa still don't look. The perfect batting side, uh, you know, they did have that pretty dismal final innings performance uh, in the first test. So yeah, it is all on England's batsmen to to turn this one around. And yeah, it looks like there'll be at least one new batsman in in that lineup. Um, it, w- it would definitely be interesting to see how Westy gets on. He's, he's, he's a name that's yeah, you know, it's a name that's come up a lot over the last few years as being sort of on the fringes. Like you know, if you're looking at the taxi rank. He's sort of towards the back, but but visible yeah. with his light on. But it must be quite daunting, mustn't it? Now, as a, as a new player coming in, off the back of players coming in and not performing well, uh, yeah, it must must figure in your mind a bit. Although I suppose the, the flip side is, you know, you think like uh, as a as an individual coming in that situation, what an opportunity! Yeah, because there is a there's at least a place to be nailed down. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely not the way that I would see it. <laughs> but as a professional sportsman, maybe they will. So. Yeah, you know, you have two good tests here and you're playing in the Ashes. Yeah, true. Effectively, it's effectively that, isn't it? Mm. All right, shall we move on? Uh, how, how are you feeling, Tone? Yeah, feeling good. Warm in here? Uh, it's not too bad, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's cooled off. You're on the beers. I had one beer. I thought, yeah, just like, you know, to loosen things up a bit. <laughs> well, you get very nervous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very nervous when you're talking to me, which is understandable. But. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This just in tone, we've got two new test nations. (laughs) Breaking news here, the ICC have approved the elevation of Ireland and Afghanistan to the full member club, uh, meaning that they could start playing test cricket as early as next year. 
So they are the first new Test Nations since Bangladesh uh, joined the fray 17 years ago. This is a developing story, Thane, and we'll, we'll try to keep across it. It's certainly big news. How are you feeling about it? Are you excited about having two new Test Nations? Yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. What's not to be excited about? I suppose, it, yeah, you, it's a long journey, isn't it, as we've seen with Bangladesh. Uh, you know, you can't expect too much too early. Mm. It, it could well be, and almost certainly will be, sort of 15 to 20 years probably before these two sides this is what we've been saying about the podcast as well. <laughs> yeah don't expect too much too early exactly give us time give us 20 years although you know the, the rate at which afghanistan have developed and the, and the sort of the players that they've got right now you know the likes of rashid khan yeah at his age you know, they could be very very difficult very very soon uh yeah i think you would expect them to be more competitive more quickly than Bangladesh were. Yeah. For a number of reasons, but but not least because yeah, they're already probably at a at a higher level than certainly than Bangladesh were in two thousand and, and you know, they seems like they're at a much higher le- level than Zimbabwe are, for example. So yeah, you would you would expect them to be reasonably competitive. Good to see as well that it's it's two teams from you know, in, obviously in different places, quite obviously, but uh you know that's got to give. That's going to give encouragement to to teams from other places, other places too. But you know the likes of Nepal, perhaps you know the Netherlands. Yeah, so it it is really really quite exciting. I mean, the Afghanistan story must be one of the most extraordinary stories in the history of sport. I mean, when you consider everything that you know that Afghanistan's been through since two thousand and one, and they in two thousand and one they didn't play cricket. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I, I genuinely don't think I can come up with any sporting story to match that as a kind of long form narrative. I mean, yeah, like Federer and Nadal, Wimbledon two thousand and eight. Yeah, but as a like as a as a longer thing. I mean, yeah. They, so they played their first international in two thousand and four, and you know they, they've they've had to do all this. If you think about yeah, what's been happening since two thousand and one, and they didn't play cricket in two thousand and one. I mean, if you think about how difficult it's been. For Pakistan and how difficult Pakistan have found things playing away from home, all that kind of stuff. But Afghanistan didn't have that kind of long history of cricket to fall back on, which Pakistan do. It's just amazing that they've managed to develop, you know, from nowhere to having what is an excellent team with some really exciting players. You mentioned Rashid Khan. He's not the only one. I think Mohammed Nabi is another guy who'd probably get into a lot of international teams. So, I mean, it's just... You know, it's it's talked about a lot. It's it's been talked about to death in a sense, but it is it's still worth every now and again just kind of stopping in your tracks and thinking, yeah, that is just a crazy thing that's happened. Yeah, and in, and in the long history of cricket as well, you know, and the the, the closed shop it has been, uh, and the, you know, it what seventeen years since Bangladesh mm. were, were let into the party. So you know, to let in two now is is quite a bold move. Yeah, and and it's as you say, it is letting in two, and and Ireland shouldn't be forgotten about here because yeah, like it, it, it you know, easy to be for them to be kind of overshadowed, I guess, by by Afghanistan. But actually, Ireland's journey to test status has been really challenging as well. It's taken much longer for a start. I mean, yeah, Ireland said much longer ago that they wanted to be a test nation and that they felt they were ready to be a test nation. And it's so the ICC have made them jump through many more hoops than Afghanistan have had to. But yeah, I mean, Ireland have managed to stay dominant at associate level. They are the most successful associate team ever. They've managed to stay dominant despite losing several players to England over the years. I mean, when you think that Ireland's best player is currently the captain of England or a captain of England, you know, it's remarkable that they've managed to, to be as good as they have been. And you'd say that Afghanistan have probably got the brighter future, if only because... Cricket is so popular there. You know, Ireland, the the population of Ireland is only about 4 million. Afghanistan, it's 33 million. Cricket is a little way down the list of most popular sports in Ireland, whereas in Afghanistan, it's the most popular sport by a mile. So, you know, just just on the basis of those two things, you'd say, well, surely Afghanistan have a, a bigger future in cricket. But then obviously, like New Zealand have been, you know, really competitive, you know, throughout their cricketing history, despite only having a population of 4 million. So, um, although, yeah, the, uh, w- one way that the political situation in Afghanistan might actually benefit the cricket team is because there's a lot of foreign investment going into cricket. So, um, you know, a lot of NATO funding and stuff like that goes to cricket because it's seen as like a real kind of 
positive success story in Afghanistan. That, exactly that they yeah. can they can that they can fund. So they they won't just be relying on ICC funding in the way that Ireland will. And one thing that could be a problem for Ireland as a result of this is that it's not quite clear what's going to happen. But there is a possibility that Irish players will have to start counting as overseas players in county cricket. You know, your Boyd Rankins, your Niall O'Briens, players like that. Uh, well, and future Irish players who are coming through. You know, at the moment, those guys, George Dockrell, you know, they, they go to county cricket and get a real grounding for the game, play high level of cricket and then take that back into the international team. If they count as overseas players, counties may not be able to employ them. And, and that so that is a possible complication. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's 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 clearly good news, although it's not straightforwardly good news because firstly there's a financial thing which is that even as full members Ireland and Afghanistan will still receive significantly less funding than even Zimbabwe so there's still an inequality there there's still although they're test nations they're still second class citizens in, in a way but more importantly on the pitch it's not that clear exactly how things are gonna play out it's not the case that suddenly next year Afghanistan yeah. are gonna play a five test series against Australia like that's not how it's gonna work in conjunction with this the ICC are talking about this this test league idea which would be a top division of nine teams and a bottom division of three teams you've heard my thoughts on this before but yeah it does look as though they are going to continue to just for the most part play each other and Zimbabwe but there may be the odd one-off test like Ireland might play a one-off test against whoever's touring England that summer for example so yeah and you can see them playing a couple of tests in England at the start of a of the summer as well, yeah, or the end. Although you know what we're saying is an already cluttered mm. uh, cricket schedule, which is moving away from Test cricket. You're sort of adding two people to the table, aren't you? Which is mm. the table's getting sort of smaller. There's more on it. But that's why I find this Test League concept so frustrating because I think adding two new teams, having twelve teams, suddenly there's there's a pretty like easy solution, which is to have two divisions of six or two conferences of six, as, as we've talked about. Rather than having a one division of nine and one of three, which is just, yeah, the fixture congestion just isn't really solved by that. But anyway, yeah. we've talked about that before. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not straightforward, but it, it's not not good news. Like, it can't not be good news, really. And as you mentioned, hopefully opens the door, clears a path for, for some more expansion in the future. Maybe Nepal, you know, may, maybe the Netherlands, as you say. So it, it could be that this is the start of Test Cricket really opening up. Maybe not. Might. Yeah. It seems unlikely well, that mean, it will suddenly open up. But again, it is the thing, isn't it? You know, the, the time it's taken for Bangladesh to, to sort of take root. You know, it is going to be an awful long time. Yeah, but then I think. But then, it, but then it's yeah. I suppose it's many ways. It's not about the players in the team now, but it's about you know kids in Ireland and Afghanistan. Mm. There's a yeah. That's a, a real incentive to pursue the sport. Well, there was a time in about 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, when I was thinking they'll never let anyone else into Test cricket. Like, Ireland had a pretty strong case, but there was just no appetite for it because Bangladesh was still terrible, and that seemed like a mistake to let them in. And it, you know, and so they thought, well, they'll just they'll learn from that mistake and never let anyone else in. But there is a bit of a change in the weather. There has been a change in the weather, firstly, because Bangladesh have improved and suddenly are a good cricket team certainly a good limited overs team and, and, a, and a decent test team now as well so that gives encouragement but also just because of the pressure that test cricket's under and, and various other things means that there's just more of a mood now to think well we need to do things we need to make changes we need to come up with new ideas to, to try and save test cricket and if expanding it is, is one of those ideas um, so it could be that you know that we see Papua New Guinea turning out at Lords for a Test match in in four or five years' time. Yeah, it, it is a fun, there's a sort of funny thing with cricket, isn't it? And in terms of the, the nations that play it, like, a bit like rugby as well. You know, football, international football. You've got several sort of footballing powerhouses, and it is played everywhere. So you, you know, potentially you've got a couple of dozen nations that could win a World Cup. Mm. But yeah, cricket is such a sort of disparate bunch of, of countries and when you look at the, the teams just under the surface of, of international cricket, you know, in terms of expanding the game, they're quite a random collection, aren't they? <laughs> you know, you're not talking about your your Americas, your Chinas, your Russias, your Germany. Yeah. Uh so 
you know, it's tough. And Ireland, Afghanistan, they're sort of niche, you know, they are niche <laughs> countries. In some of them. Yeah, yeah countries, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like cricket's suddenly going to take over the world. But, but yeah, it is, it's really exciting and nice. It's just yeah. nice. Mentioned this before, but like what, like one of the reasons expansion is important is because if you compare it to, say, football, there are so many teams playing football that it kind of doesn't matter when one of them struggles, like when one of them dips, even if that dip is really prolonged. So like um, Hungary, for example, were a huge footballing powerhouse in the 50s. But haven't been for decades. And I, you know, got to the Euros last year, and that was their first tournament for thirty years or whatever. But like, it's not a big problem for football. It's a problem for football in Hungary, but it's not a problem for football as a sport that Hungary aren't as good as they were in the nineteen fifties. But for cricket, for Test cricket, West Indies struggling is a real problem for the sport. And if you know, obviously, it's not true. But if it was true that South Africa, you know, that this was the worst South Africa team there's ever been and that South Africa were really struggling like if if you lose a couple of uh, of teams as kind of competitive forces because they're having problems that's a real difficulty for test cricket as a sport so if you expand it if you can the more teams you can get in the the more you're kind of covered in a sense obviously it's going to take a long time before Ireland Afghanistan Nepal Papua New Guinea are at a level where they can you know replace the West Indies if need be but this is a step in the right direction for sure. It's getting pretty warm in here, Tane, isn't it? Yeah, I should probably wrap this one up. Shall I do my uh, my little gag? Yeah, do your gag. My, gag my, time. My trademark Bayfield gag. Much like a Gary Balance comeback, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been a tedious repeat of the same old thing we've seen before, and it's ending unceremoniously before it really got started. I hope Gary's not listening to this, and <laughs> not just listening on the bus or something. It is, uh, yeah. Uh... It's a really tough thing, like professional sports, because obviously the rewards are extraordinary. But, you know, when you're sort of the way sports fans talk about people in sport mm. is it's cold, isn't it? Really? It's just, yeah, yeah f- him. Yeah, like, <laughs> get him out. You know, it's only his, it's only his dream and career. But yeah, cut, cut him. Uh, <laughs> it true. is quite tough. Like, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just like the name Aftab Habib can just, like, make me chortle. It's like, oh, yeah, what an idiot. Yeah. And I, I suppose the flip side, you know, for sports people, as hard as it may be, they, you know, you've got to accept that you've got to sort of, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? Yeah. As someone who wants to play cricket for England, you know, you're chasing one of 11 places yeah. out of whatever, probably, I don't know, 6 million people. It's, it's ruthlessly meritocratic, isn't it? Yeah. It's like in... Kind of in a way that not many things actually are, and if you aren't up to it, you will yeah. be the subject of mirth. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a lot of blokes down the pub and on podcasts for yeah. years to come. Yeah, tough. Mm. I mean, you found that out to your cost. Yeah, exactly. When you tried to don't, bowl an kids, over the other don't day. put yourself out there. <laughs> Just snipe from the sidelines. Yeah, this is much more comfortable for sure. Have you had fun today, Tate? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I'm glad it's over, to be honest, because I've spent altogether too much time in your company yeah. over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we went on holiday, didn't we? Yeah, we did. On holiday in Spain. Me, you, a bunch of other lads, old friends from school. Yeah. Uh, got a house in Spain. Did you enjoy that holiday, Tate? How does, how does it compare to the other holidays that you've been on in, in, in the past while? Top, <laughs> ten, top ten so <laughs> yeah, far this top year? Top ten this year. Uh, no, it was really good. Yeah, have a very good time. I mean, it, lads on tour, but it wasn't that laddie, particularly, was it? It really it wasn't. You know, we weren't at phone parties or anything like that. No. Uh, but it was very good. Well, we were Just, absolutely uh, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of nowhere, beers, sunshine, barbecues. Bottle your own orange juice at the local supermarket. That was one of the highlights. <laughs> uh and just unbelievably competitive <laughs> sport and games. Like, I think the, cause we, we, we decided to do a sort of, uh, uh, you know, we paired up. There were ten of us. We paired up. Well, I was paired up. We played a series. We were, we were going to do a series with points on offer. A multi-sport. A multi-sport. multi-event. Yeah. Yeah. A sort of pentathlon, if you like. Which we didn't well, finish. We called it the bantathlon. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> uh, which we didn't actually finish in the end. But we started with a game called Trivola. Mm. Which you brought to the party, 
which I had a bit of an issue with initially, but it is quite good. It's a great game. <laughs> it is a fun game. You it's had an issue far, because you kept losing. Yeah, it's far too contentious to play competitively, <laughs> though. Absolutely contentious. Then we did some two-on-two football, yeah. which again was very acrimonious. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a race uh, in the pool on a pink flamingo yeah. uh, in our pairs. Wait, an inflatable flamingo, yeah, sorry. not a real-life flamingo. Yeah, an inflatable pink flamingo. Get from one side of the pool to the other and back. Then your partner jumps in, do that. I genuinely, I think we discussed the rules <laughs> for that for about 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, and there was still... It's still like there was like an hour and a half of debate after yeah. it's an argument. Still, Over. someone had to redo it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And other people were like that's a DQ. That's a DQ. <laughs> Genuinely, forty minutes of like, yeah, extraordinary. And then, then we abandoned it. <clears throat> yeah, we, we ran out of time, but also, I just think it was it just got too it was too competitive. Yeah, it was, it was too competitive. I was I was at one point charged with refereeing. The two-a-side football, and it was just the most thankless. <laughs> I suddenly had so much sympathy for like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the referee. Any referee? What's the referee? Mike Reed. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. Uh, Mike Reed. <laughs> Mike Reed's like East yeah. actor, isn't he? Um, Corner. What's his voice? I've never done an impression on the pod before. Corner Pat. Because it was just, it was horrible. Like, it was the, the arena that we had was just a little, like, rectangle of grass. But, like, one side, one side was just a fence, so that was pretty easy. But the other side was a bush. There was, like, so many disagreements about, like, when is it play on? If it comes back off the bush, <laughs> is that play on? If it gets lodged in the bush, how stuck in the bush does it have to be? But, like, when you, are you still allowed to kick it out? It was awful. It was absolutely awful. I was just like, this was a mistake. Yeah. And the thing about it is that, that we went on this holiday because we're all turning 30 this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was literally like we were still 13 years old. Yeah, it was pathetic. <laughs> but also we're carrying the baggage though. Because most of us have known each other for like 20 plus, plus years. Yeah. 20, like 25 years. Yeah. Carrying all that baggage of like previous, <laughs> previous games and previous competitions. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, which sort of weighs heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Diff- difficult. You can't let anything go when you've got it's you've true, been stabbed yeah. in the back yeah. you know, numerous times before yeah, or cheated. A two-a-side game that you played in two thousand and one. It's very much at the forefront <laughs> of your mind when you're playing that. It was funny actually because you, you were saying about how we got paired up. Uh, you weren't there for the pairing up because uh, our friend Crow, who organised the Bantathlon, <laughs> paired everyone up, and he'd. He'd split people. He split it down the middle. One half the people he described as athletic and good, and the other half as not or less so. <laughs> and he originally put you in the second, wow. half, the bottom half. But then he was like, "If I do that, Tony will get really annoyed." So I'll put, <laughs> so I'll put him I'll in the top half. Text him, actually. <laughs> I'll put him in the top half. It was very yeah. He actually he was really at the root of the. Yeah, the competitiveness. I mean, it? when you say someone called Crow, who was organising the Bantathon, it sounds like an awful sort of Finchy character from The Office. When in reality, this is a guy who wore a rash vest all week and a backpack and wanted a to backpack with the clip done across the front. Yeah, across his chest. A fine man, <laughs> unbelievably competitive. Yeah. Like he just wants to play games all the time. Like. He'd be desperately trying to get us to play two-on-two football or try volleyball. Then he'd be like, bit of Marco Polo, anyone? And then at one point, we were just sat beside the pool. Like I was just reading my book, people just chilling out. Uh, and he just he'd like uh, turned to friend of the show, New York correspondent, Gordon McRae. Said, uh, Gordon, have you got your phone on you? And Gordon was like, uh, yeah, I do, actually. He's like, bit of, uh, bit of chess online? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a good holiday. And we all are now 30. I mean, it's amazing we found time to go on holiday really between you know mowing the lawn and yeah doing our tax returns oh, adult stuff but uh but anyway yeah it was good but i'm quite keen to get out of your company to be honest so let's yeah, uh, let's bring this to an end if you enjoy the world cricket show uh, you can get more involved in it on the internet we're on facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show on twitter at cricket show i'm at adam mayfield one two i'm at <laughs> at Tony Kavir, although that is changing soon. Is it though? Well, I did say I was going to check, but I might change it this weekend actually. I do feel bad doing it because, you know, I've built such a following. You've built a brand. 
but yeah, uh, it will be changed, I think. So, but just go, if you're going to go, it, go now to <laughs> at Tony Cavur, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you want to support us financially, we do really appreciate that because it helps keep us going. There's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, the easy way is when you're doing your Amazon shopping, if you go first of all to our website, which is cricketshow.net, follow the link there, bookmark it, and then whenever you're doing Amazon shopping, uh, anything you buy doesn't cost you anything extra. You won't even notice, uh, but we just get a little bit of kickback out of that. Uh, so thanks to everybody who has been doing that. And the other way you can support us financially is on Patreon, patreon.com slash cricketshow. Pledge a couple of bucks an episode, uh, which really helps to keep us in business. We're going to do some more bonus content for our patrons, right, Tone? We certainly have said that. We are, we, I've sort of got most of the holidays and work out the way. So, yeah, we, we will do, we will do something at some point, definitely. We've said, we have that said it. That is a it, firm commitment. Yeah. Something at some point, definitely. Something at some point, definitely. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, if you don't want to do any of that, if you don't want to support us financially, uh, but you still want to support us, that's fine too, just to a lesser extent. Uh, and the best way to do that is to write a review for us on iTunes uh, or wherever you listen to the podcast, because it really does help to bring you listeners to the show and all that kind of stuff. So thank you to everybody who has done that. But that is the end of the show. Have you got time to watch Love Island Tone before Hopefully. you go out? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, I've got my fingers crossed for you as well. I need to go home and have some dinner, so I'm gonna bring I'm gonna draw a line under it there. Stay in school everyone. Thanks for having me over tone. And I'll see you next time. Jerry. Bye bye for now. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 